And here we are. It's a podcast for professionals, believers, and genuine people looking for genuine conversation. My name is Kia Harris-Tagren, and I'm your host. I'll be sharing information about nonprofits, faith, business, entrepreneurship, life, and much more. I'm so excited for you to be joining me. Welcome and welcome back to this podcast. It's been some time, but I'm excited to jump right back into important topics that are related to nonprofits as well as entrepreneurship, business, and other topics that I'll be discussing. So, we're approaching a new year, 2022, and often people will reflect and have resolutions about what is going to take place in the upcoming year. So goals are set and people are deciding on things they should have done the past year that they were going to do in the upcoming year. So my question to you is, is this really going to be your year? Often it's a phrase that is resonating around the world that It's going to be my year this year, and this is what I'm going to do. And so I'm sure you've been reflecting on this past year, what you could have accomplished and what you should have accomplished. And so today's episode is about nonprofits and how you can really make 2022 your year. So I have three questions for you. What did you... What have you been able to accomplish for your organization this year? Now, I want you to think outside of all the numbers. And of course, numbers can lead to an examination of how impactful and effective you are. But I also encourage you to think outside of the numbers as well. So maybe you'll think about, well, did we meet our revenue goal? Did we have a good amount of new donors come in? Of course, this means that you have to establish these goals, the plan and the strategy before the year is completed. This is often a practice that you will establish before the year starts, new year starts, or within that first month or two months of starting that new year, or it can be something that was already created via a strategic plan. And so you already have these goals set. So what did you accomplish this year? And if we think outside the numbers, there may be some things that have changed within the organization's leadership, have changed within the team that has allowed you as an organization to do so much more. So this may be you had a few new interns that allowed you to take off all the hats that you were wearing as a founder and hand those hats off to others that can assist you with the details of things. And now you can focus on the vision and strategy for the organization. It may be that you added in additional board members and you have a board member particularly that is a great fundraiser or they are a great communicator and they can really drive the message of the organization forward. So I encourage you to think about this question. What have you been able to accomplish for your organization this year? Next question I have for you is, what did you neglect or fail to do? 
Of course, you should give yourself grace, but you should also be honest about what you procrastinated on. If you are someone who is not exactly a disciplined leader or someone who is not good at time management or not necessarily good at delegating, then these are areas for growth. These areas in neglect can lead to you being transformed into a more dynamic leader that does handle time well, that is able to delegate, that does not procrastinate. So for those things you did not do, write those things down as well and say, I did not do these things, but what can I do next year? And and being open to the fact that your goals may change and that you may have thought that you needed to do something in 2021, but in the reality, after the months progressed, you realize that those things you thought you should have been doing were not necessary or they're not within your capacity or something that you said, well, we can't explore it at this time and that's okay. So this may be you were going to start making partnerships in regards to corporations and then found that your capacity didn't exactly allow you to do that with other things that you have going on with your life. So realizing those things are important so you can move forward from them. But of course, like I said, give yourself grace when it comes to that. I encourage you to make your nonprofit a priority for 2022. I often have conversations with organizations that were established years ago and they tell me how their work was suspended and it stopped for a certain period of time because they no longer had the capacity to do x y and z or life got in the way yes life is going to get in the way but it should not get in the way of you serving others so i encourage you to make your nonprofit a priority set a time aside each week each month to work on your nonprofit, even in the initial stages work on your nonprofit on a regular basis don't make it something that is at the lower end of your to-do list and your priority list make it something that is at the top of your list because your top of your list is important as well it doesn't have to be number one but i encourage you to be at least number five or little bit further than that but do make it a priority make it a priority because you're not just making the nonprofit a priority you're making the people you're serving through the nonprofit a priority as well so this upcoming year 2022 can be your year indeed it can be your year decide on it now one thing i also want to encourage you to do is to change your language about what the organization can and can do and I yes I repeated myself what the organization can and can do I'm not going to say can and cannot do because that's a limiting thought that's a limiting statement when you change your statements to have statements that are optimistic then that is direction your organization will go through do you realize that the language you use as a leader of your nonprofit will trickle into your organization so if you're saying that, well, our organization isn't, doesn't really have a lot of clout, we don't have a lot of visibility, so for us finding donors, it's not possible. You are going to get exactly what you say. You are not going to find donors. So when you have those instances, those thoughts, you don't verbalize those thoughts, you maintain those thoughts and you 
transform them into a thought that is the opposite. So you're saying we are going to get donors. We're going to have specific donors for our organization that are passionate about what we do and are not hesitant to give to our organization. You have to speak life over your organization. Do not have limiting thoughts. Do not bring your personal limiting thoughts into the organization. Speak life. And also make sure your team is doing the same, that the team is speaking life and that the messaging that's going out is also speaking life. So if you're talking about a certain population, for example, that is constantly undergoing poverty and they have lack of resources, you can choose as an organization what kind of messaging you want to have. Do you want to have messaging that is just focused on the negatives of the situation of your beneficiaries or the people you're serving? Or do you want to have language that is uplifting and sharing the light of the fact that they are now connected to your organization and have greater opportunities because of that? So decide what kind of messaging you want to have for your organization and how you want to be portrayed in the public. But once again, realizing that your thoughts, when they're verbalized, they will impact your organization. I remember when I I started my nonprofit in 2015, Dare Humanity, we had zero donors, zero, zero donors in 2015. And so at that time, also, we had zero programs. We didn't necessarily have a direction yet. We knew that the core of what we were going to do was humanitarian work, health related, focused on different countries etc. But we didn't narrow down our programming until 2018. That is when our programming began developed in Haiti. And from there, that's when our donors start to come in. So realizing that if your messaging is not portraying the programs that you have, or it's doing the opposite is portraying the lack of programs, you'll realize that your donors may not be there because they're not understanding what your focus is. So realize that you have to narrow down the focus of the organization. Of course, keep it under the mission and the vision of the organization, but really having language that is clear about what the nonprofit is going to be doing so that donors know that it's clear and they trust the organization And that's when they will give to your organization because of that trust, because of that understanding of what the work is. So establishing your programs and your services is important when it comes to getting those dollars for your organization. So I want to take a quick pause before we get into four ways to really make this your year for your nonprofit. All right, so let's get into those four ways to really make this your year. I don't want it to just be some blank statement you make at the beginning of the year because you're excited about 2022. I'm excited also, but I want you to have intentional and purposeful language, purposeful intentions as you walk into 2022. So here's the first way. Secure the proper systems and enforce your systems. So I'm talking about the systems for your nonprofit. So it may be a series of platforms and softwares that you're on, your internal systems when it comes to your team and leadership. The minimum system you should have, one of the minimum systems you should have, let me correct myself, is a 
donation spreadsheet or a donor tracking system. Your donors are going to start flowing in, and I'm speaking this over to your organization. I'm speaking this over your organization that your donors are going to start to come in, and you need to have a way to track them. You may have a CRM software. You may have a simple spreadsheet or a Google Sheet that you use. Google Sheets are just fine. Spreadsheets are fine as well. But do track that donor information. And I want you to also have a system of follow-up. Even if they gave you 50 cents or they gave you $50,000, I want you to honor that donation. It takes more resources to acquire new donors than to reach back into your donor base of those donors who gave in the past but had not given again. These are called lapsed donors to get them to return and become a donor again than to actually go out and get more donors. So there's a strategy right there to look at your lapsed donors and find a way to reconnect with them, which also means, of course, you have to have that tracking system in place. So create a simple spreadsheet in order to do that. And other systems that you can consider for your nonprofit is your client information system, your volunteer system, ways in which it makes your processes easier. So when you get an interest inquiry for a volunteer position, what is the step-by-step process that follows that? Okay, so we get the email from that individual. Next step is to send introduction email to them and thank them for their interest. Next step is to have a informal interview with them. The next step is to have understanding of what they are wanting to get plugged in with, what their interests are, and then the next step, you see how it's a sequence of things, making things into a process so that it's easier and it's something that you can manage in order to shape the structure of the organization. So systems create the structure for the organization are and are absolutely essential for your organization. Even if you do not have the capacity to pay for paid memberships yet, there are a variety of systems that are available at low cost or even free. So you can look into those and decide which one works for you. I always encourage to figure out which platform has the best fee that is equivalent to your capacity that has the features that you need, that is easy to use, that is something that can be shared among your team. So look into what works for you, but do create those systems. Number two is to assess and refine leadership for the organization. Leadership is so important for your organization that if you as a leader are not in the mindset to lead or you're not properly equipped, then you'll realize that it's going to impact the organization. Just like I was saying about your words and how your words can impact your organization, the lack of preparation and readiness to establish and continue organization and sustain it is going to impact what the organization is doing and the people that it's serving. So it's really important to assess the leadership. Not only are you assessing yourself, You're also assessing your board members. You're assessing advisory board members if you have them. You're assessing your staff, your volunteers, your volunteer leads even, because the problem that it can be created from that one individual 
if it's not addressed, then it's going to lead and impact the other parts of the organization. So, for example, you find that the individual who is over your warehouse for your food pantry supplies, that her attitude isn't necessarily great. And you're finding that the numbers are dropping as far as volunteer interest, and you're wondering, well, why is that? So you talk to this individual, you talk to her, and you say, well, we noticed that our numbers are dropping, but we're not really sure how to determine why it's dropping. And so she investigates herself, and she comes back and says, well, I think it's X, Y, and Z, but you're having some feedback that's coming in on a regular basis that says that this individual isn't necessarily nice and that they seem to be bothered by the volunteers coming in. So really paying attention to the feedback you're getting, but also assessing every single person on the team and having a 360 evaluation because leaders need to grow also. It's not just the people that are under the leaders, it's everyone that needs to grow. And so if you're only examining the people who are low management or mid-level management, then what happens to the leader who also needs to change, who also needs to continue to transform and evolve as the organization evolves in order to be the best leader they can be to lead the organization. So really do assess the leadership. Here's some questions you can ask yourself. Are the right people in place for your board, volunteers, staff, if the right people are not in place, what needs to be done? Is it a conversation that needs to be had as an initial conversation? Is it going to be a warning because it's a staff member? Is it going to be a group meeting with the people that have been impacted by what that individual did? Is it going to be an eventual dismissal of this person? We have to realize that when you're having your board and you're having these people that are connected to the nonprofit, that not everyone's going to be a good fit. Of course, you'll have your vetting that's going on. You're going to want to make sure that you are having things in place to make sure that you are placing the right people in the right positions and you are having understanding of their intentions and their availability and their commitment but you do have to vet these individuals and so place them in the place that they need to be in and if they are not placed in a, in somewhere they need to be or you find that it was different in those past couple months and now it's changed into something totally different then do have those honest conversations with those people whoever it is and give them the ability to see what's going on and make a change. And now if they don't make that change, if they believe that they are not in a place of being wrong or not being an obstruction to the team, then you can decide what to do at that point. You can decide to have an another conversation with them and say, well, we had this conversation and my hope was that you were able to move forward with these things and make these changes I have not seen it yet but I'd like for us to continue to move forward and so this is going to be the final conversation we have about it because we'd love for you to continue to assist us with our mission or it could be a conversation that leads to unfortunately we cannot see eye to eye we have continued to see this persistent problem and 
this could be a place for dismissal for this person. So don't be afraid to remove what needs to be removed. Don't be afraid to dismiss who needs to be dismissed. And of course, it's not based on your emotions. You're not dismissing people based on, well, I don't really like this person. That is not mature. That is not a equipped leader for a nonprofit. That is a leader who puts their emotions before what needs to happen for their beneficiaries. So you don't take your emotions and have your actions related to that. You truly examine what's taking place. You're examining also how others react to that person. You're examining also the feedback that are, is received. And then you're making a sound decision about what needs to take place for the individual, whether it's removal or whether it's allowing them to make a change. Another question is, do you need additional board members with certain skills? So this is common for nonprofits that they're often looking for board members, especially in the initial stages, because the board is going to lead the organization, give the direction, govern the organization. And so you may need additional board members. You may need someone who can truly be a treasurer, who can truly go in and examine the numbers and create balance sheets and do things that maybe you don't know how to do. I personally, I can look at numbers, I can understand them, I'll look at a spreadsheet, a balance sheet and understand that, but I'm not a numbers person and I don't want to be. And so I'm honest about that and I will hand that off to another individual and say, can you help me with this? Because this is your level of expertise. This is your wheelhouse. So can you help me? And then the final question I have is, do you need staff to assist you with operations so you don't have to have your hand in everything? I understand you want to be superwoman or superman, but let me tell you, sustainable organizations do not have just one leader and then the other few leaders that are there. It has a team of people. So if you need to hire someone to be an operations manager, you need to get an intern to help you as you build out the uh, ability to hire staff, then do that. Do that so you can free yourself because the CEO, the founder, the executive director, of the organization, and often you hear those interchangeably, it is your role to govern the organization with your board, but it's also your role to lead the operations to have strategy and make sure that the vision is implemented. And so you're not going to have time, and you should not always have your time going towards the details of things when you can have someone else do it. So use the people who have the expertise to assist you with the things that you cannot do or can no longer do. Number three, I encourage you to assess your impact. So you should have been keeping track of numbers throughout this year, 2021. Whether they're outputs, you're able to serve X amount of people, able to provide X amount of backpacks for kids or children, or it's qualitative. You have completed surveys from the people that you serve and they are saying their feedback in regards to the program. Maybe it was a three month program and they're sharing that, well, before the program I wasn't able to read and now I'm able to read to my kid. And that wasn't something I was able to do. That wasn't something I was comfortable with. That kind of information is important and you want to make sure that you are having an evaluation system, going back to systems, for your nonprofit so you can get this type of information. You have surveys, questionnaires, you have 
pre and post surveys. You have the ability to get feedback on a regular basis from your beneficiaries. How do you know whether your programs can be improved unless you ask about it? How do you know what's working for the program unless you ask about it? So ask your beneficiaries, ask the people who are connected to the organization. These are stakeholders. These could be partners. These could be community partners. These could be corporations. Really do assess every aspect of your organization. So I have a few questions to help you with assessing your impact. Are you serving your beneficiaries at the greatest capacity? Are you addressing their true needs? Do you have evaluation measures in place? So when you're thinking about addressing their true needs, that means you should have done something like a community assessment or a group assessment or a beneficiary's assessment to determine what their needs are. Who knows their needs more than they do? If you're working in a community or a country that you have not even served in before, you're not very familiar with, it's better to get the insight from them as to what their needs are and then determine what the organization can do based on its mission and then based on its capacity. And then have that evaluation in place also. And then finally, establish an annual fundraising plan annual fundraising plan. What was your revenue goal for 2021? If you're saying that you did not have a revenue goal, there's the starter right there. You need to have a revenue goal for each year. You need to have a goal that's set so you can constantly assess, did we meet this goal? Are we close to meeting this goal? If we're, our goal is 100K for the year, by the middle of the year, we should be halfway there. So are we at 50k? If we're not, what do we need to do to get there? Are there certain funding opportunities we can explore? Are there things we can do more of that we saw that was beneficial? Did we see a jump in our donor base with new donors because of something we implemented or something innovative we did? So you want to constantly be assessing your fundraising efforts. Work on it with your board and put in place accountability measures. So when you're thinking about your fundraising plan, you're thinking about the whole year. How many fundraisers are we going to have? How are we going to go about getting the funding? Is it going to take board members having individual conversations with potential partners? Are we going to explore the different kinds of funding? So let's, let's pause there. Let's actually talk about the top ways nonprofits could get funding in. Number one, you'll find that almost 70% of donations that come into nonprofits is based on individuals. So people who decide to write a check, give you cash, donate online on your website. And then after that, you'll find that there's grants. So the grants that can be given from companies they can be given from foundations. And foundations are the entities that give grants to nonprofits in order for them to do their work. And then there is also government grants as well. And of course, the process is a bit different, but there's government grants. But those are the, th- the three ways. The third way is to have funding coming in from corporate partnerships. So 
Number one is individual donations. Number two is grants. And number three is corporate sponsorships and corporate contributions. Now, those are not all the ways in which nonprofits can get funding in, but those are the top ways that nonprofits can get funding in. And of course, you can navigate through those based on your capacity. So if you're saying, well, let's spend a few years working on our individual donor base because we know that grants, grantors are going to want us to have diversity of funding. So let's work on that. And then when we have the capital, let's invest in a part-time grant writer. So realizing what your focus needs to be and what your capacity is on your approach to getting funding, but also utilizing your team, utilizing your board to assist you with that, because that is a responsibility of a board to do, to assist you with getting funding for your nonprofit. And that goes by back to putting accountability measures in place, making sure that you are delegating, making sure that you are assigning people to certain roles. If someone offers up idea, what I like to do is I counter it with the next step that I will ask of that person. So if someone says, well, I know someone who provides water filters in rural areas, and I'll say, okay, can you connect me with that person? Can you send me the link to that? So then there's that follow up from that idea it's great to have meetings. It's great to have ideas that are flowing. But if those ideas never come to fruition because no one takes responsibility to do it, then that's just what it is, an idea. So I want your ideas to become actions and those actions become things that are established for the organization. So the lack of consistent fundraising means the lack of consistent funds for your nonprofit. So if you're not going to be consistent about your fundraising efforts, if you're going to give up every time you only get 20% of your goal, then you'll realize, number one, you're not going to meet your goals. You're not going to meet that revenue goal. Number two, that you're not going to get the funding in order to help those individuals and so forth. You will find that the funding is not going to be there. So don't give up. When you're having a fundraiser and you're finding that not everyone is giving at that time, don't stop the fundraiser midway. Continue the fundraiser until completion and learn as you go. Continue to assess your fundraisers and say, what could we have done better? We realized that we weren't really marketing well. We only marketed on Giving Tuesday twice when we could have been marketing every two hours because it's only one day for someone to contribute. So really being honest about what you are doing and how you can do things better, but do consistently fundraise. Often you'll see three to four fundraisers for nonprofits each year based on their funding diversity. So maybe nonprofits who have the ability to have capital campaigns, they don't necessarily need to have three to four fundraisers because they have other types of funding that's coming in. They don't always need to have public fundraisers because they have internal fundraisers that get them the funding they need. But if you're just starting out, you're still developing. I do encourage three to four fundraisers each year so you can diversify the funding that you have and get that consistent funding that you need. And do not think that if the world is being impacted, do not think that the hearts of people are not there to give to your nonprofit. When things were happening in society, we did not see a decrease in our funding. We have seen an increase from 2020 
to 2021 and it's still in completion of this year, we're still seeing an increase of funding for our organization. So do not give up. Stay consistent and continue to raise money for the people you're serving. So as you end the year, close out your year-end appeal and step into a new year. I want to speak blessings of your organization. I want you to end 2021 with goals, with a revenue goal, with the people that are needed for the organization or the intention to get the people that are needed, with the ability to really reflect on yourself as a leader, reflect on your team, and be able to highlight strong suits of your team and weak points of your team so that you can find out how to make those weak points to strong points and how to continue to enhance those strong points of those leaders. Because that's essentially why you brought them onto your organization, to utilize their expertise, to utilize their skills, to allow them a space to do that. So don't limit the people on your team, but do give them the direction. They're leading, they're depending on you to do that, which means you have to continue to share the mission, the vision, give them updates, share with them what needs to be shared with them so everyone's on on board. If you have an annual fundraising plan, share that with them so they know when the fundraisers are taking place, how they need to plug in, and when. So blessings over your organization and your year-end appeal and blessings over your 2022. I invite you to stay connected with me on this podcast. And I also invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn. But one final thing I want to say and invite you to is my mentorship program. My nonprofit founder mentorship program is tailored just for that nonprofit founders who are in zero to six years of running their organization and they need more structure. They need additional time to reflect on who they want to be, what kind of leader they want to be, and how they want to shape their organization. So this is a three-month program that is beginning February 5th, 2022, and the waitlist is open. The waitlist is open for you to join, for you to make that commitment to your organization and do things in a new way, truly make 2022 your year and not just a year that you stay in this cycle of doing the same thing or trying to figure out things as they go I want you to have a roadmap to what you can establish in your initial stages to make a sound sustainable and impactful organization so that is my invitation to you I will provide the link and you can sign up for that mentorship program. And I'm looking forward to serving you in any country you're in. As long as you have Zoom, you have the ability to join us online. So I'm looking forward to that. So take care and I will see you next time on another episode of And Here We Are.